For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ooh, welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water... Do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? We're talking some NBA, MLB, and the YouTuber won once again, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stride. Pitch of free throws, cuz they're free. Sode 326 coming hot at you guys. Then Sode 325, and I'm joined on this one by Alex Toss Me the Rock, Tisopolis, and Nikki Snacks Kreider. And a bit of a lull weekend in sports we were talking about before, but baseball's in full swing. Basketball playoffs are almost here. And as I mentioned at the top, the YouTuber, Jake Paul, beat the former UFC fighter, and one-time great wrestler Ben Askren um, in, in a fight this uh, past week in a pay-per-view match. Uh, Nick, you bet on the fight, and where'd you bet on it? BetOnline.ag. Mm. Who did you bet on, Nick? <laughs> Not Jake Paul, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Who was favored? He was favored in the in the fight. He was, yeah. And to be honest, I probably didn't do as much research as I should have had. Yeah. Uh, ben Askren looked very out of shape. Yeah, and if I would if I would have looked at him beforehand, I would have said that Jake Paul was going to win. Right, and so. then and you would have finalized that bet at betonline.ag mm-hmm. on your your website, your web browser, your laptop, or your mobile device. To uh, so you should go there, listener, listening to this right now. Sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. He uh, he put on twenty pounds. He normally was fighting in the UFC at 170. He mm-hmm. weighed 191. They both weighed 191. Wow. Paul so he, does he cert- not look like he weighs that. Well, he's lean. Yeah. I weigh 191. Yeah. Well, you're up, you're up next, Nikki. Yeah. Would you do it for the publicity of the show? Oh, hell yeah. That's what I and love And for the you. money, too. I think Askren made like $500,000 that fight. And buy-in for pay-per-view. Yep. yep. So and Jake Paul made-, made two mil. And he ended the fight in about a minute and a half. I was talking to our buddy about it. And I'm not, whether it was rigged or not, I really don't care. 
I respect the hell out of those two guys because they are marketing gurus. And if they had a book on marketing, you're talking about the Pauls. The Pauls, yeah. If the, the content kings, they completely get it um, and have cornered cornered the market on Pauls things. are hot right now. Logan they're, Paul, Jake Paul. Yeah, they're crumbling. Paul George is having a great great season so far. Uh, Paul yeah. Pierce is hot in the media with all the strippers in the background of his videos. I, we didn't discuss that. Here's my take on that real quick. I think he knew he was getting fired by ESPN because he's the worst analyst to ever right. set. People said Emmett Smith was worst. I think Emmett Smith just couldn't really talk on air. But Paul Pierce's takes are not only uneducated at times, but just completely well, out also, of left field and wrong. He also had like a deal in place apparently with like this porn company that was like, you're going to give sports takes while strippers strip behind you. Yeah, he totally blew it. He wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. He was getting canned by ESPN anyway, and he just had the strippers in the background. He's laughing the whole time. He knows what's going to go down. Flair, it's Disney. Flair for the theatrics. Paul uh, Pierce, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, come on. He's, his career, he called game. His career as a commentator was over once he admitted to everybody that his famous injury where he was carted off and carted back on his pants was, was, was him taking a dump. That was it. Once he did that, his legacy went to shit. No pun intended. And so Lamar Jackson, you can never admit that. Yeah. Why would you admit that? It's so lame. He said. He said I was. I didn't. I wasn't Paul piercing it. Yeah. <laughs> he said that in his post game press conference. I, the, the Jake Paul thing. Someone. He just has to fight a real fighter now. They have no That's other true. choice. It's true. Yeah. He's he's three and zero. But the last two people he's fought, one was UFC fighter who's been retired a washed up UFC fighter who was a wrestler who he was a wrestler he's yeah. a ground ga- he's a ground game guy and then 100%. and then a he also a got s- a small NBA guy slam dunk champ but yeah <laughs> but right. under 6 foot yeah but but i mean ben we all know him most recently well now he's gotten knocked out real early in two fights yeah. in the last 2 years the Masvidal knee to the to the face the yeah. fastest KO in UFC history. Oh God, yeah, that was him. And now we've got him getting one twoed by Jake Paul. I mean, did you guys see the the punch? Yeah, it was a good yeah, punch. It was great. Look, he I, co- he connected straight to the face. Look, Jake Paul Jake Paul's a real fighter. He's a real fighter. He's a legit he's a boxer. boxer. Yeah. But like is everyone saying he looks good? And that my issue only issue with that is put him against a real boxer though. How does he looks good? He's not even fought two rounds yet, really, like the last two fights. You can't tell me he looks good. We don't we haven't really seen him fight. Yeah. I I mean I think that the Nate Robinson one looked more brawlish than it was this joke. one. He looked, he looked very skilled and technical, and the knockout was technical. It was a jab to stun and then a cross to finish, and it was really impressive. But good combo. But at, yeah, I mean Ben was just like sitting there taking the heat. Oh my god! It looked like you know Michael B. Jordan when Michael B. Jordan takes the punch in Rocky. We all we've all seen that Instagram video, right? In Creed, you mean? Not yeah, Rock. Rock, yeah, Creed, okay. yeah, Creed, where he get, takes the punch like on purpose, and they're filming it, and they're like doing it, and he knocked. It looked like that. It looked a, like, yeah, Ben was like, "All right, you're gonna punch me in the face for 500k plus." And Pretty I'm much. I don't. I don't think he let him. I don't think he. I, mean, I, I listen. I think he knew what he was getting into. I think he knew he had no chance. I don't think he knew he was gonna get knocked out in the first round. I mean, it's a bit embarrassing. It's very. It's more embarrassing than than Nate Robinson. Yeah, because he's a legit fighter. But he's a everyone's like the, the number. No, it was a minute and a half in. Nate Robinson. Number, well, that was the second round. Yeah, the number one Last trending round. thing on Twitter after the fight was rigged, which I don't necessarily think is the case. But I also think that that guy was over the hill. Jake Paul, for all like we're saying, is young. He's in shape. He's ready to fight. He's got solid technique. Been training for the last two I'll years. Tell you, I think Bet Online probably made a lot of money. Probably. <laughs> I would like to. I think seventy percent of the money I think was on Askren. So really. Yeah, uh, Vegas is very happy about that outcome. I, he just needs to fight somebody legit. The people that were there, 
They're like the TikTok girls are in the ring. Oh, like Addison Ray. Oh, no, the, the, the Demelio sisters were yeah, presenting the belt every time someone won. So lame. That's hilarious. It's funny as hell. That's that's the world of boxing now. Yeah. The rest of the rest of the whole production was actually pretty impressive. I thought. Snoop's Anytime there. Snoop's commentating, yeah. I'm in. Oh, it's great. It's such good TV. So d- so next up though, yeah, they want Jake Paul to fight against uh, Tyson Fury's younger brother Tommy Fury. And I saw him doing like a two fight in the same night kind of, kind of thing. Well, it'd be like Tyson Fury versus I think they oh, be like Michael this- Hunter. Yeah, who is uh, an American, um, and then Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. I will say this: you know what? Kudos to Jake Paul and what I love about him. He gets the fights, makes it happen. There's no dilly dallying. He does a great job of getting it done. Unlike these other top tier boxers, I mean, like we've been like how since the podcast began, we've been speculating of like you know at least like Deont- Wilder got the into Joshua it. Wilder fight yeah never, never happened. happening I mean Joshua's corner in camp is clearly soft as the day is long would I love to have him on the show please come on sir but that all that being said like like why are we waiting for you to fight Fury? there's so much more pressure on their legacy though compared to Jake Paul who's who still people are saying is not a legitimate boxer but then to, to don't if you want to be the best you got to beat the best it's just so true like if you want to talk about like the greatest like athletes of all time like Muhammad Ali went after Foreman, went after Frazier. Like these guys go after like the fighters. Yeah. Like like Adesanya lost to Jan Blachowicz, but he went after him. He went up the weight class and went to fight him. Yeah. I just think that we're in the, the era now of just kind of getting exposed with social media and with the internet that people are just so scared to put their money where their mouth is. In 100%. A sense, right? Where it's That's like true. if it's worth it for them to hurt their, I guess, brand from losing a fight, then – Maybe they're not going to take it. Legends, though, coming back to the sport. I mean, we saw Tyson fight recently. Now Oscar De La Hoya is doing it. Vander Holyfield's doing it, too. All these guys are getting back in the ring. I mean, I hope they all Don't stay really safe it. doing it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, yeah. It's, I, I, I really like it. Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter are fighting. <laughs> what? For a celebrity match. Jesus. What are you talking, actually? Yeah, but like, how, how tall is Aaron you know Carter? Do. I don't know. He's not 6'10", though. Lamar Odom is 6'10". Like, they can't be in the same weight class. No, 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 no. It's a celebrity fight. There were there were two guys in the heavyweight, one of the heavyweight bouts uh, in the preceding matches yeah. before you know Jake Paul's fight, and one guy was two hundred five, and the other guy was two eighty. They had seventy pounds between the two of them, and oh. they let him fight. You know what they should do is they should and bring the, back and the, and the smaller guy won. They well, should yeah, bring back quick, MTV celebrity death match and just. What is that? I don't know. You know what that is? You know what that is, Toss? No. What Uh, is that, Nick? MTV Celebrity Deathmatch was like a claymation uh, TV show that MTV did where they would like put celebrities up against each other and it was a fight to the death. That's hilarious, but I don't know if we need that anymore because they're doing it in real life. What I'm saying is they could take some of these old matchups they had on MTV Celebrity Deathmatches and put them in real life. Yeah, use them as like influence and inspiration. So like, for example, Chris Rock versus Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Mariah Carey versus Jim Carrey. That's hilarious. (laughs) Who would win that one? Mariah Carey versus Jim Carrey? Who would win that fight, realistically? Mariah Carey versus Jim Carrey. Realistically, the man. I might win. I don't know. I, I think I'm taking Mariah Carey. Dude, Dude Jim Carrey's her. crazy. So is Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is a one-two. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Carrey is lunatic, but you never, you never know how someone's going to react. The crazy strength. Yeah. <laughs> that also That's is a thing. true. I don't know. The last thing we'll say on the Paul thing is now at this point, I think everyone's come to the agreement that he has to fight someone legit. 
if he wants to keep doing this. He can't keep doing like we can't have like Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter versus Jake Paul versus like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like we can't like <laughs> it can't be like this. Ray Mysterio versus yeah. Mark Henry. Yeah, exactly. I, as someone who watched that entire event though, I think they do a really good job with everything else besides the fights. Oh yeah. They have, you know, well, Bieber, show. Bieber performed. I know, but there's a lot of sporting events that we watch and the the music like the musical artists that perform are either it's it's weird production value and it's like hard to actually hear what they're saying. Yeah. Well, I also think a lot of it has to do with the so like the events that we watch that have you I guess musical performers like the Super Bowl or like March Madness or anything that that is yeah. televised that is a big event. There's a lot of censorship that goes into it, right? They're on ESPN, yeah. they're on Fox, CBS. Sure. Right. This is a pay-per-view where they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and Snoop's on the sideline being like, oh, you fucking hit him. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. he's like, he's it's great. It's great. And I think it's really it's really engaging and it really helps the sport. Yeah. I mean, one of the th- they had Pete Davidson who was like commentating. That's ridiculous. Did Jack Harlow perform? He did not perform, but he, he was, was there. there. He was present. Yeah, I saw, they were going back in the locker it was like room. It was like Doja Cat, Diplo, Major Lazer, Justin Bieber. I mean, they pulled out all the stops. And, These uh, guys get it, man. They know how to get Snoop, Ice Cube, Too Short, and E-40, who are now <laughs> coming together to, to do an album together. They're all West Coast rappers. Brought and together the album, by Jake Paul. The album is called Mount Westmore, which is amazing. Yeah, um, They performed one of, their, one of the singles from, from the album. Really? And it was, was awesome. It was that's epic. Dope. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't see that clip. I saw the clip of Jack. I mean, all those guys are old now, but that's dope. Yeah. They still got it. Still got it. They still got the flow. Yeah. I, yeah. You don't lose that. I, you know, I think I saw a clip of Jack Harlow or it was him and Pete Davidson. They both were back there. And one They're of them was backstage like, with, uh, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. One Paul. of them was like, to be honest, if I was about to fight, I wouldn't want to be just talking to people. Well, ESPN right posted this clip of Jake Paul, like before the fight, talking to all these people. Right. So the first one was, was Pete Davidson and Jack Harlow just kind of shooting the shit. And, Pete Davidson was like, yeah, like, I'm not going to lie. I bet against you on the last fight. And Jake Paul's like, oh, you bet against me, huh? You bet against me? He goes, yeah, man, but, like, you're for real. Like, I'm not betting against you this time. And then the next clip is, like, him. Him talk- with Ben. Him with – no, not with Ben. The, the, the next clip is with Tyrone Woodley uh, of the UFC talking mm-hmm. shit to, like, one of, one of the guys in Jake Paul's posse. And, like, they're just beefing. And he's the like, guy in the posse, like, he wanted to fight him right then and there. Yeah. That's like, funny. He went he went and interviewed Askren afterwards too. Like yeah. after he went and talked to Jake Paul and he was like, "Yeah, I totally want you to win." <laughs> <laughs> and then one was uh with Addison Ray, the the TikToker. So, yeah, they're probably boys. All these people well, have Addison Ray's a woman, but mass, massive followings you know though. They they know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. You got to respect it. A lot of respect. You know what I've been respecting lately? Baseball. A lot of respect for baseball. Has that changed? <laughs> no, it, it actually has because I've come on the show. I feel like in the past year and a half, the whole sign stealing thing. I was very adam. I was very animated about that and very angry. Um, had a lot of angst towards that. I've had a lot of angst towards Manfred in the last year. That's, that's we all have. We he all sucks. have. No, oh, yeah, he stinks on ice. He's terrible. I think baseball has done a fantastic job. Look, we get a lot of our content, short form, social media. And I think baseball's done a really good job with the camera angles and different ways that they've been televising the home runs and, you know, the different looks they've been giving us. It actually makes it look cool. Seeing it in like, seeing it like real time almost sped up is, yeah. is really exciting. I think baseball's done a good job with marketing. And I think the thing about baseball, I had this shower thought the other day. I'm not going to say it's like, over, I'm not going to say it's overtaking the NFL because that's obviously craziness. I will say that 
we go to the NFL season, everyone's always hyped for it, but we spend the majority of the NFL season complaining about it. The biggest knock on baseball is that it's too long. Outside of that, every time someone goes to a game, they have a blast. Every time the game is on, no one's complaining. It's just good, clean fun. Every now and then, you'll get a, a, a terrible call by the umpire. There's a lot of those happening these days. But there's a lot happening in the NFL and the NBA. There's, the refs are like, who wants to be a ref? Like, no one wants to be a ref. Being a ref sucks. Tough job. Tough job, and it sucks. Like, like No one is a fan of you. Only, exactly. Only critics. People are huge critics just like on social media and stuff like that and tearing, tearing everything apart. Look at Ben. <laughs> ben. Oh, poor Ben. Oh, he's, Ben. He's getting destroyed right now. I mean, you look at the video evidence, everything's a replay, and yeah. we can look at everything and be like, you got, the, you got the call wrong. I question if like the MLB umpiring committee, whatever the hell they're called, if they like go to the drawing board and say, okay, this guy fucking sucks. He makes a ton of bad calls throughout the season. He's on the chop block. Like we need to, we need to ax him. Maybe six. That's I'm sure they do that. But again, like who's clamoring to yeah. be a ref? Like are people really? Is it a really sought after job? It could be. I mean, there's obviously a lot of levels of basketball. I'm sure high school refs would love I think to get a lot, the ball to the pen. When it when it comes to umpires, yeah, most of those guys are pretty old, right? Yeah. I feel like that's a kind of a position that got, like old baseball fans get into when they're retired. They're like, I want to go to a baseball game every single day. I want to be involved in the sport. Yeah. That's that's for umpires. Right. For referees, though, there's a lot of young referees in, in like the NBA. And I think that's also an aspect of being a fan, too. They want to be involved in the sport. Well, kind of all across the board for referees now, especially in the NBA, you got to be able to run up and down with these guys. Yeah. Okay. And in the and in MLB, in good shape. one thing about them that's different for the NFL and different for the NBA is their their face is covered. I know who Ed Hockley is. I don't know any MLB umpires. I like. I'm sure you guys maybe know a couple of their names. Not many, honestly. And just so, the bad ones. Just the bad. And look, I, I again, like, I think, I don't know. I don't really the the, the call against uh, in the Phillies game the other day. That was brutal. That was like so blatant. The guy was completely out. Didn't touch home plate. And uh, and everyone could see it. They're replaying it, and they still called it safe. And at that point, you're like, yeah, this absolutely blows. But my overall point is like that happens across the board in many sports. And I think people have when I you know just from like the eye test when people are watching baseball there's a lot less frustration I feel like there's just so much frustration throughout the NFL season that kind of gets swept under the rug and in the NBA and yeah the only not again knock against baseball is the length of games and the yeah. length of the well season. we're in, we're like, in I a, think other than that people are like people really always enjoy baseball we just said we're kind of in a dead space right now there's anticipation of the MB, of the NFL draft yeah you've got the NBA playoffs on the horizon Games are important for some teams who are in, you know, the the seven to ten slot or one through six who are trying to vie for a spot, right, or, or a particular seed. But outside of that, what else is really going on? It's what's going to happen is we get into May and June. It's going to become harder for baseball to to garner the attention of everyone. Because I think right now, like, I'm happy to sit on the couch and and watch a baseball game because mm-hmm. it's it's nice. It's an enjoyable watch. But when you're competing with the other stuff, that's that's where things get problematic. Yeah, I mean, look, the NBA Finals will reign supreme over baseball. I don't know. I've just really been trying to Hockey watch. playoffs, too, will Hockey, be happening around that time. always great. But I've been trying to keep tabs and really see how they've started. I was so curious. 
And I think they've just done a real, it's been a good vibe around baseball. I think I the fans really, help a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I could put like my yeah, finger on it. Yeah. It's positive. Yeah. It's a lot of positive going it's on. It's positive because last season in our so in the 60 game season, it was so weird with no fans. And now it's like, okay, there's fans back now. Like the atmosphere, like everyone's so excited to be there. Right. Like, like this last Padres Dodgers series that was in San Diego this past weekend was electric. And right. And they're only at 30% capacity right now. And, it, and a, a walk-off means something because you're celebrating yeah, it not exactly. only with your team but with the stands. And I know people who went to that game, and they're like, it felt like a playoff game because people were just so excited to be there. Mind you, it was an amazing series because it's two of the best teams in baseball, and like right. it's kind of like a, a revamped rivalry. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's just a lot of positivity. You know, people are excited to kind of get back in the world and like go out and do the things that they love to do. And yeah, I think that also comes out. Also, you mentioned like all the cool camera angles that they've like, introduced and all that with like the high def. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it last season with the NFL, right? Like on those Fox games where they have like that 4k. They're doing 4K. it on the masters. Yeah, exactly. A couple weekends ago. It's like, it's immaculate, but like, I feel like baseball is one of the most aesthetically pleasing sports it's an art dude. that they have to like, they have to capture what it really looks like when a guy s- swings on a home run, like in slow motion. Like, yeah, yeah. it's an art. It's a, I think it's the biggest it's the most artistic sport. I really do because just like the whole mental aspect of it, uh, and obviously there's so many plays in, in basketball that are like out of this world. There's football catchers. Like how the right. hell did that human being? But like do every that? swing is different. Every and delivery is different, right? Yeah. With football, it's like okay, it's a catch, it's a catch, it's a tackle. It's, it's a, a chess throw. match every right. time, and not that football. Football is very much a chess match, but I, I think that baseball is just like it's so intense for so many moments throughout the game when it's pitcher versus hitter that I think capturing the beauty of a hitter winning or capturing like the real movement of a pitch when people can actually appreciate what a slider looks like. Now, you know, you're hearing on the radio, struck him out the slider. You kind of have to try to imagine your head, but when you could see like glass now, you know, throw a breaking ball or you're watching DeGrom and you really can see what a hundred. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. When they show, like. when they use that kind of high tech, yeah, uh, yep. imagery to show it broke eight inches or whatever. I it think is. like they, that, that stuff's cool. I think the introduction of Statcast too is, has done a lot for baseball, mm-hmm. which basically allows fans to see like the advanced analytics behind the plays, right? Like this ball was hit this hard at this launch angle and it went this far, you know, like percentages of how many players do that, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I think that's really cool, an aspect that not a lot of sports have. Yeah, Nick, you were saying on Friday. That this Dodgers Padres series going forward, you think could be the the most interesting and, and exciting series in the MLB. Oh yeah, I mean I think that's taking over the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yeah, I feel like it's. I mean my roommates are both Red Sox fans, and they both said this is the new Red Sox Yankees, at least for now, because yeah. right now the Yankees don't look very competitive, and Boston does. Right. Um, but the Padres and Dodgers are pro- were projected to be the two winningest teams in baseball. Um, you know, they've always had someone of a rivalry. We've all, we've always been like the little brother, but at the same time, right. you know, we always play competitive series and we're very close in, in terms of location. They're about an hour and a half South. Yeah. Of I was telling Angeles. you when I went to a Padres game, um, you saw a fight. I saw like three different groups of people get kicked out of the That's arena. I've, every time I've gone to a Padres, Dodgers, they were all there's, Dodgers mul- there's multiple fights. Yeah. yeah. Every time. I mean, look, it's there's it's wide open. There's no uh, we'll see what happens in the National League in the NL East. Things got off to a slow and weird start with the Mets National Series. There were some issues there. The Braves, like, like the Yankees, have been very disappointing to start. The Braves can't pitch, which I thought would be a problem. I did. I think I said when we were previewing or discussing the beginning of the season, I thought that was going to be an issue, and it is. The Yankees are having issues behind Garrett Cole. 
Mets look good, but the, red, the the central, a lot of things need to be sorted out. I mean, the Dodgers and the Padres, for all intents and purposes, are the two best rosters in baseball. I don't think it's much of a debate because I'm looking at the AL and I'm looking at the teams that are hot, like are the Mariners are currently, I mean, I know we're just a tenth of the way in, it's but they're not, not sustainable. It's not sustainable. I, I, I still the don't. The Royals? Yeah. I, well, I thought the Royals would be sneaky good, but not like win the division good. I still think the White Sox are going to end up, you know, waking up. Yeah. Manhandling them. I'm not, yeah. but I'm like the teams like the Yankees, the Twins, the Blue Jays, teams like, you know, even like the Athletics who are kind of coming to, they've won eight in a row. So I'm not that crazy worried about them, but maybe the Astros. Like, I think those teams have issues, and I don't think they can necessarily, if they even do win the division, be massive threats to win the World Series. Even like my Red Sox, like, am I happy that we we've, we're at ten games? Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, our bats have come alive, but like, I still get a little nervous. Like every time one of our starters goes out, every time Erod goes out, every time you evolve, you just don't know how it's going to go. Where teams like the Dodgers and the Padres, you have guys like Snell going out, Darvish going out, Musgrove now going out, Lament guys coming back. Guys, you could hang your hat on, and like the the Dodgers, like is one through five, and their bullpen is is insanity, and they're great at fielding too. So, those two teams are headed for a collision course. It's just very unfortunate that one of the teams has to play in the wild card game, which is just which again, like if you it, know, it's unfortunate for the team, but for baseball as a sport to grow, it's great. It's I mean, great it's that the two best teams are in the same division. Because yeah, it, they it's a play eighteen games this season, and it's going to be exciting. You know, I feel like there's no. There's just so many, and I, look, you want everyone to like be happy and be, you know love every, everybody, love everybody kind of thing, um, Jackie Moon style. But there's a lot of like rivalry missing in sports. I feel sometimes. I feel like you know everyone. Not that it's bad that everyone's boys, but I was thinking about it the other day, and I was thinking back to when the Pistons would play the Bulls, and you don't want guys hating each other like Isaiah and MJ do. But there isn't that anymore. I feel like we're miss. I feel like well, there's nothing like. I mean, the NBA guys are playing. Everyone's played with each other at this point. I think there's a couple reasons for it. Yeah, the first being that it's kind of more of a, especially in the NBA, it's a community. All those players band together. Yeah, and they all speak for each other. I mean, obviously, every now and then there's a couple of guys who have beef with each other, but it's not anything that's overboard, right? We're not really getting into fistfights on the court anymore or anything. No, like we that. don't want that. Exactly. But the biggest beef I can think of is like Shaq. Talking shit to Donovan, guys that are former players saying right. things that to guys yeah. that are current players. It, Dwayne Wade and Aaron Gordon, like I know there's no bad blood between any of even those guys. It's not. It's just talk, right? Right. right. But um, the other thing that I think also has a big part of it is the fact that fantasy sports has been introduced within the last twenty or so years. Betting has gotten a lot more prominent, and I think that takes away from people's fandom of specific teams, right? Where, like, if you ask someone, like, who's your favorite baseball team? And some people would be like, you know what? I don't really care. I just gamble on it. Or, like, who's your favorite football team? I just play fantasy football. You know, like, that's why I watch football. Not because I'm a fan, a diehard fan of this one team. Right. Yeah, yeah there are diehards, but it's not like it was in, like, the 70s through the 90s, right? There's Playing no into the, like, I, I follow this player I and that follow, player. Right. Or I follow this team and only this team. I watch every single Bulls game that there is, right? I don't now know many like, people like that. I think in, in basketball. But it used to be like that. Oh, 100%. 100%. There's very, uh, you're one of the few people, like, I try to watch as many C's games as I can, but if I miss one, I miss one. You're one of the few people that, what, you guys both, you watch every Padres game pretty much and you watch every Mavs game. I don't, and I know, yeah. I know, like, my father watches every Knicks game, but I'm trying to think, like, if it's, I'll try to catch the Sox game, but I'm not like, and I love the team. I love the C's, but it's not like the NFL is a bit easier. It's just one day you have to really commit. 
But sometimes, like, you're busy and you miss a game. You guys don't do that. Right. But I think there's very few people outside of, like, us, like, you know, that really, like, in basketball and, and baseball, really commit and watch every single right. game. Well, I'm sure, Nick, you're the same way with the Padres, but it's almost like I build it into my schedule a little bit too. when the Mavs are playing. Me too. And I know I do know a lot of people in Dallas that I'm friends with who are the same way. Dallas is a good fandom, um, fan community. But I agree, just generally all across the board, there's not people paying attention to, oh, the Lakers and the Clippers are playing tonight, even just general NBA fans. And they're like, this is a big inner city rivalry because it's, is it? If it is, it's kind of fake, right? Yeah, like, right. It's just like, it's media building. The thing like, I, I see a bigger rivalry with, with like LeBron versus KD player to player rather than team to team. Now, yes, if the Lakers and the Nets are playing, could that become a rivalry? Because maybe yeah, right. they'll both stay. Yeah, it, it, would, be, it would be great. But I mean, looking back on it, Cavs versus Warriors, I even almost miss that in a sense. I right. know the Warriors were going to win, but like you miss like you LeBron can LeBron get it done this time? You but I feel mean? like in the NBA, there's no more like heated rivalries, no, right? Like because everyone's played. There's with each other. like Lakers and and Boston is no longer like an amazing rivalry. And if you're out, yeah, yeah. And if you're out, you know, it was when they were both great. When like Kobe, in the two thousands, it was there were a lot of teams that were super super rivalry oriented. You had the Spurs and the Mavs. Mavs really, sure, yeah. the Suns were in there too. I would too. say that the there's two. I would say there's there's one so Yankees Red Sox will always be a heated rivalry just because of the fans yeah. like they care really a lot about that but I think college football, college football. still has a yeah. lot of that. Oh yeah, but college they, football is the one that like there's just so much pride behind your university. I don't even that I'm talking in pro sports because in college sports, college sports the rah rah element is still is still very much a thing. Look, I, I you guys know it. My favorite team of all my teams is the Longhorns. I'm not even a. I don't care. I I will tell. And I love Boston. Do you sports. hate OU more than you hate the Yankees? Um, it's close. It's getting close. It used to be no, but it's getting close. Look, I've seen the Red Sox win. Like I, I was making that list that like we, we want to do a graphic of like the most dominant teams, and the Red Sox have won the World Series four times since 2004. Oh yeah, it's crazy. The Patriots have won like an un, insane amount. Even the Celtics have won. So like I haven't seen the Horns win since I've been a Longhorn, and I like Nick, like I see you with the Padres wanting it badly. I know Toss, you have that one Mavs win, but you haven't seen the Cowboys win, and so really, and so you, you kind of want, you really want that as a Longhorn fan, and that rah rah element, you know, it was a team that I, I got to choose to root for almost. Not that was something that was like kind of brought up within my family, uh, so that's like the exciting element of it. And college football, and college football and college basketball always have that like Duke UNC, you always going to have that. I think one thing that, like, even like in football, like the Brady Manning, like that's like there wasn't like there isn't like that anymore. I want to see like, helped a, that they were in the same conference. It did. Like I want to see like someone be so good in the AFC. Like I really wish Lamar can just like take that one extra step as a quarterback. Even maybe maybe it's maybe it is Josh Allen that is the guy to kind of go in and take maybe out Mahomes. Maybe it's Justin Herbert. Who maybe, knows? Look, could, hope, I'm hope, maybe, love that. I would love that. the same that. division. That would be that. a lot of fun. That would be awesome. I want, I, we need someone to step up to Mahomes. It has to happen. That's like the only way you really get in the NFL. Because other than that, Brady's going to retire eventually, and then yeah. it's just like, what are we doing? Yeah, the landscape of both the NFL and the NBA after Tom Brady and LeBron James retire are really interesting to me. I yeah we could kind of get into the NBA because I never buy into this and I'll give a shout out to our buddies at at uh, Snapback our friends Jack and Abe they always on their Instagram page and even when we talk to them from time to time they're very much homers especially our boy Abe 
but Jack as well. And they put on something today where it was like Zion coming to New York because he was saying how much he loves it and how much he loves MSG. I am not a Kool-Aid drinker, but that is one Kool-Aid I will drink. Well, Zion came out and said, this is probably my second favorite place to play other than New Orleans. Which he has to say. I Look, RJ's been great. It's probably his first favorite place to yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. So. RJ's been, RJ has been so consistent. He'll have like those games where he goes two for 11, of course. He's still but, young, but he's been so consistent right now. And getting into, we want to discuss some awards in the NBA. I think the Knicks could win. I don't think they will. I think they'll win one, but I think they could definitely win two. It's plausible. Awards. Well, most improved. I think, that, I think that's a lock at this point. Not a, he's been amazing offensively and so good defensively. He's like second in defensive win shares, which is crazy. And then what's that award? Like Tibbs. Coach yeah, of the year. That's, oh, that's okay. not, that's they, not they a don't, bad. They don't give a not, sophomore award, right? No. No sophomore award. No, it would be RJ competing for most improved, which he's, yeah. he's probably top five. Impressively improved this year. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be tough not to give it to Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was. I was having a conversation, or even Monty Williams, whoever finishes first in the between Western the two Conference. of them. Yeah, uh, it's they both are having very impressive seasons. That coach will win because neither of them have won it before, and yeah. Doc has. Yeah. Wait, you guys don't think Tyler? No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I think that, that those I'm starting the awards right there. I think the next closest, I mean, not the next, the next race would be the defensive player of the year, which was going to be one of Gobert and Simmons. Right. Probably even Randall's in the mix. So it was Giannis. Um, yeah, Giannis is so good. Yeah. And then the rookie of the year, like with LaMelo's injury is pretty much locked, locked up, up to Anthony Edwards, who I bet on, which nice. I was not looking good. But now it is. He's great. Yeah, some fortunate injuries for, for know, your bet for your bet sake. My bet yeah. was Malachi Flynn, and he's been going off lately. But yeah, a little too late. That seems weird. The uh, Anthony Edwards situation is. I was about to say he's the number one guy there, but Cat has been really good since he's returned. D'Lo coming off the bench is exciting, and all of a sudden, I've been an anti T Wolves team guy for a while, but they are one player away from really kind of being. Com- not competitive necessarily. In the I mean, playoffs. they're the worst team in the NBA. But I think they're. I think. I think they're like one year away from like being like competitive in games where they like go into a game you're like, all right, good, we're playing the Wolves, or it's like actually a tough game. Yeah, we'll see how. I'm interested to see how things play out the rest of the year for a team like that in comparison to a team like the Magic and the Pistons, who are from a roster standpoint bare bones. They their team sucks. Both of those teams, the Magic and the Pistons, they have nothing basically zero and. I have a feeling that the Magic will end up with a better record because Steve Clifford ekes out wins with any roster that he has. And I, it's just like, if you have those three guys, you're so much further along from a personnel standpoint than teams like the Cavs, the Magic, the Pistons. Even even teams like, the, I can't say the Wizards, but the you, Thunder, obviously, and the Rockets the, as well. Could, you could say the Kings, and the as, Kings. Well, as well, yeah, too. Yeah, the Kings. I mean, like, outside of... Look, MB3 is... He's on his way out. I, I don't know what they're doing over there because you either are going to play them and use them. I know MB3's had some injury issues, of course. But the thing with Heald, it's just like a weird way to set up your locker room and your franchise. There's so much limbo with a lot of these guys. They can't really necessarily develop them, and they're like, okay, we're going to trade them, but we're not going to trade them. So they're just hanging on to these young guys and watching their value diminish time in and time out. And they and don't necessarily the, use, utilize them properly, deploy them correctly. And De'Aaron Fox continues to get better and better and better, and you're just like, it's a ticking clock. For all these young guys in the NBA, it's it's, it's always, they've signed him, but it's a waste of a roster. You know, it's like almost like a waste of his, not prime, but like some of his really good years and his developmental years where if he was on a team, you know, where if he was like on, let's say he was on the, if he was on the Knicks, 
But I think that was the they, they could have taken him, but they went KP instead. Obviously, they take KP and they don't, you know, without they wouldn't have gotten Randall. There's a lot of like with the cap space, a lot of things in that realm. But if they had him right now, this wouldn't be a team like that we were sho- a shocked there in the playoff, shocked there by, f- by b- above 500. This would be like a really comp- a threat, like a sneaky threat with De'Aaron Fox in that roster. He's that good. He's like he's very close to being a top twenty-five player. I think he he, he might as well. I'd have to be. I'd have to like list, list everyone out. out, but he's in. I, I my gut says he's in my top twenty-five. He's been absolutely on fire, and that roster is not good. The, the Pistons roster sucks. Actually, yeah, it's really bad. It's one of the worst rosters in sports, all of sports. We don't need to spend too much time talking yeah, about, talk these about the teams good. that are out of the playoff yeah. hunt. Yeah, that's so interesting. interesting. <laughs> I'm just simply saying, good ways we started off uh, with the rookie of the year. Uh, MVP, is it is that locked up too because of Embiid's injury and Harden's now out? Is and it locked up to Jokic? That Jokic is going to get it. I mean, there's no chance Damian gets it. He's just not good defensively. He just blows I on mean, defense. Steph too. I mean, he's been... Steph, I think Steph. I, I mean, look, I'm very adamant that Steph and I think Luca make maybe a bigger impact on the game than Jokic does, and that 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 Mavs team is on paper. If you well, take they away just, Jokic and you take away Luca, I think that Mavs team is. If this worse. Nuggets, if this Nuggets team holds on to the four spot, yeah, through the end of the season after losing Jamal Murray, you can't not give it to Jokic. Okay, because. Damn! It just it just depends on how the rest of the season goes. The the Blazers, realistically, they're three and a half games back from the Nuggets. They're not going to get to the four spot. The Lakers are getting Anthony Davis back soon to be LeBron as well. I don't see them falling off much further than five. Maybe staying at five. Okay, probably make you know making it really competitive with the Nuggets at the end of the season b- between the two of them. So I, I just think that the Blazers can't. They can't catch up enough in the standings, even as amazing as Dame has been. Same with thing, injuries. Same thing with know. the Mavericks and Luka. The Warriors are really interesting because like, that team really is not good. And if Steph, if Steph keeps putting up 50-point games, 40-point games, he really should be. Like, he could win the scoring title. He should win. Well, he's probably going to win the scoring title. And he should win like the runner-up in votes because I think he's been that amazing this year. But I just, yeah, I think Jokic is going to win. behind Bradley Beal. I think Jokic is going to win pretty, I think pretty depending, handedly. Depending on the book that you're looking at, uh, I think they have Jokic right now as minus 200 okay. as the MVP. Followed by Embiid still? Followed by Embiid then plus Giannis? 230. I was about to throw this hypothetical. What if the Bucks win the East? If the Bucks win the East, is it plausible that Giannis could win again? 3P. Uh, Giannis has the third best odds, but it's plus it's plus twelve hundred. If the Nuggets fall to like this five or six seed, let's say the one of the let's say a team in the Western Conference gets hot and they jump the, the Nuggets. The Bucks are four games back from the Sixers. They're not going to catch them. There's there's no way. Dude, how much games are left? How many how much, how much games are left? How many games are left? About uh, twelve games. Oh no, that was like twenty games. The Sixers left. have played. The Sixers have played fifty six games, so they have 14, 14 games left. Seventy two game season, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. There's not much. Ga- there's not. There's not much time left. Not a lot of shoe left in this one. Tick tick. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And nine, that's that's seven. kind of the whole thing is for a lot for almost every single team. There's not very much time left. It looks like the Jazz are going to be the one in the West. It looks like the Suns are going to be the two. The Clippers, I feel pretty confident they're going to be locked in at the three, and it, and it seems like they're going to be playing Dame and the Blazers at six, and whoever's four, whoever's five, and the Lakers. Nuggets series, maybe that matters for home court advantage going forward. 
Um, my gut would say that the, the Lakers catch the Nuggets with Jamal Murray being out, but they still play each other in a series. Can and I then, ask you this? Then the Mavs are playing the Spurs. Maybe we'll get some more rivalry juice in the NBA. That's great. When a cool play-in game. Can I ask you this? Yeah. Why are you more confident that the Lakers could jump the Nuggets than the Suns can jump the Jazz? Or the Clippers, for that matter. I mean, there's like not a lot of games left. Well, I, just think like that, I just think that left. the Jazz are fully healthy, and so are the Suns. And I just, they have to, I just think once the Lakers get LeBron back, it's everything's going to be clicking. It's They're basically going to be playing playoff basketball before it starts because they have to. Because they have to get everything right. They have to fine-tune everything before they get in. It's true. It's true. Especially with KCP just went down too. Like, yeah. They got to make sure everything's a well-oiled machine there. I, it's not out of the question that the Suns could jump the Jazz. I think it would be really cool. I think that's the. I think I. I. I want the Suns to do that. I, I, I think the Suns are much bigger of a threat than the Jazz. I from the beginning of the year, st- I'm. I'm never going to buy in on the hype because I. At the end of the game, Donovan Mitchell tries to play hero ball and he's not as good as the opposing guys that are across from him ever. Either two guys in the Suns. No, I mean Chris Paul is better than Booker and Mitchell. He can at the be end a top game. five MVP guy too. I mean, I know it's tough. We can't. Everyone's top five, top ten. Everyone's been so good. But as far as impact on the game, like impact on his team, yeah. every team is like he, every team he's on is all always good. He just means so. They much. just can't ever. They can't ever take it all the way there because they ha- he hasn't had a guy, not like as good as Booker because obviously Blake was there, but he hasn't had like that shoot that closing shooter that guy that can just is absolute dagger from three and Booker's that guy. Yeah, he's a gr- he's a really good complimentary piece. Yeah, Bla- I mean Blake, even when he, he was had, averaging, he had Harden. Sorry, but like it's, even when Blake was averaging his highest amount thing. of points, he still was never the type of secondary scorer that Booker is. No, never. and I think that Chris Paul and, James and DeAndre Harden, Ayton's better than than DeAndre Jordan. I mean the the Harden much Paul, better. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Harden Paul thing will always be the biggest what if because you know the, the, of the injuries going into Game Seven, but I I think the Suns. Could I don't get. Know. I think they, they I th- could get really, really deep. They're at the one. They've got home court advantage. Chris Paul stays healthy, which is huge because it's hard. It's hard them. for you a point guard to go the entire series. Sorry, the, next round. you're gonna have to see the Lakers. But if one of those guys is not fully healthy, it's a game changer. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what happens with the. Net. You talk about teams being ready for playoff basketball. The Nets guys in and out of the lineup can't really help that with injuries, but guys are in and out of the lineup. They're at the two seed right now. Let's say Milwaukee doesn't jump them. Let's say the Sixers stay at the one, and it, and it goes as flows. Right now, if the teams that are supposed to win the favorites win the play-in games, the Nets have to go play the Heat, who won the Eastern Conference last year, as it stands right now. that's You can't just kind of waltz your way in. Like, the Lakers... You know, are going to get their guys back and healthy, and they'll be playing playoff basketball. But we've seen this as a, they've kind of been a little blase, and obviously have still been able to generate wins. Nets, but going into a playoff series opening against the Miami Heat, you're going to want those last at least five or six games at full tilt because if you're going full tilt for the first time against the Heat, it's a bit of a disaster. Yeah, super advantageous for any team that's a contender to get an easy first round matchup where they can really take care of business. You look at a team like your C's, Josh, and if they have to take the Hawks in round one, I'm excited about that for you guys. Yeah. Because it should be a pretty easy series for you to we win. We need Fournier to kind of get be right and be playing and, and get and get acclimated with the team. But, you know, we were talking about the Celtics and we're saying Brown's the best player on the team. The next night, Tatum goes tit for tat with Steph Curry and has an unbelievable game. I think with... Something yeah, it's no- almost like the Nets want to fall to three. 
Something that the, no one's talking. It's not going to happen. But if then they're playing the Knicks in the first round, they're gonna they're gonna mash him. But some something that no one's talk no one's talking about this. Steve Nash has never coached a playoff game, and I know they have Kyrie and Harden, KD. But what happens when one of them's not playing? And I have faith in Nash. Does it help that he's played in playoff games? I mean, yeah, no, sure. he's. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, he's the coach for a reason. Yeah, Dan Tony's there too. He's coached plenty of playoff games. I just think it should be mentioned. Jock Vaughn. Coach playoff games. I, I, I I'm not, I'm not. Did, did Steve, Steve Kerr hadn't coached a playoff game? Did Frank won a Vogel? championship? Yeah, Frank Vogel had, on yeah, the yeah, Pacers. Yeah, Pacers. For the yeah, Pacers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank Vogel was like close to the championship game. Yeah, so the, he was close to the big dance. I don't know. I think the uh, the Knicks should you should be able to beat up on them because again you look at that roster and that's why another thing for like Tibbs. You can look at the Jazz roster, you can look at the Suns roster, and you go, those teams shouldn't be the one and the two, but they are. So that's why those guys would get the nod, and they are the one and the two. Yeah. But the Knicks, we all thought were going to be a, t- a bottom five team, and they are above 500, cemented in the playoffs. They've won six in a row. All right, here's what's going to happen. Go. The nine Warriors are going to play the Grizzlies, beat them twice, and then beat the Jazz in the first series. <sighs> They're very- and then they get destroyed in the second series because Steph has put it all on the line for six games. I don't think so. For more than six games. I don't think so. No, it's just, I mean. The, the hype, you think, I think if Wiseman was playing, things would be more interesting. I think they're worse with Wiseman on the court. It's tough to Because argue. it turns, it, it doesn't allow Draymond Green to be the defensive presence in the middle of the paint. That's true. And Wiseman has he takes up that. a lot of space and he, he cuts down on their creativity and flow and getting steps he's off too, ball. He's too immature as a player to be really. He's not in the right place at the right time every single possession. He's not ready yet to be that guy in the playoffs, like that two or that big defensive stopper and Gobert would eat him alive. And I think Draymond versus Gobert is a way more interesting matchup. In yeah, I also just don't want the Warriors at the 10 so that the Mavs don't have to play them because Steph's so dangerous. Yeah, I mean, if you have a guy that's going for like 35 plus every night, that's. And when you get to playoff basketball and the defensive gets tighter, he's ready to. He's still going to do it. Yeah. So those game, the games, everyone's scoring 130, 120 a night. It's going to drop, but Steph's still going to maintain. So yeah, it's going to yeah. drop to like 110, 105, and Steph's still going to be able to do that. All that said, we started talking about awards. Yeah. Jokic MVP. Yep. Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder, Coach of the Year. Gobert. Gobert should be Simmons, but that would probably go to Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, the hate rookie on of the year, insanity, rookie man. of the year, Ant Edwards, yeah. and then uh, most improved player, Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah, cool, good, cool, cool, good. Any uh, anybody want to touch on anything else? Are you ready to the chickens ready to roost? I think that the I think the chickens have come to roost, Josh, as you like to say. I do like to say that, and I uh, you know what I've been saying to people who know that saying that I say it all the time. The chickens. I said the chickens. Yeah, the chickens are out and about, and then I said and it to my they, buddy, and, and they they finished the, the phrase. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. All right, guys. How do you feel about sunshine? What like, just like sunshine in your eyes? Because I, I hate it. Has it been in your eyes the whole show? It's been in my eyes the entire show until in the midpoint, and don't check the camera on this, but I grabbed a pair of Canon sunglasses that are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal <laughs> clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and their Italian handcrafted frames are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KananCast15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's KananCast15. Kanan, clearly better. Kanan, 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 clearly better. Thanks protect, for playing, Ray-Ban. Protect them eyes. Makes, makes some room for uh, Kanan, Kanan. 
Kleinen, Kleinen. 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 Fans out there, drag both feet in bounds, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're presented by Bet Online. Yeah, because they are presented by Bet Online and they are also free. We out here. We love you. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube